Ready, set, shape. The ShapeShift podcast is brought to you by Shape, the most powerful mortgage software with everything from texting, lead management, a dialer, LOS integrations, and over 5,000 other apps to help LOs take more deals from new lead to close loan. Welcome to ShapeShift. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan, and today we're in for a special treat. We have Elliot Saidi. He is uh, part of, well, he's the co-founder and board member of Shape. And he is a part of Nobel Partners, the private equity firm that helped to start Shape. And he is now part of the day-to-day operation because of how much Shape has taken off. Uh, Elliot, welcome to ShapeShift. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Excited to be here. Brother, for sure. So we had a lot of uh, quick talk you know, before uh, we hit record. And I, I mean, bro, part of a freaking private equity firm, I mean, that's like, that's so epic. And... How did you become a part of that? And then how did that tie into Shape? I think Shape at this point is by far and away our most successful venture. I think obviously a big part of that is the people at Shape. And in addition to that, you know, kind of the the story of Shape and how it came to become, which I, I'm, I'm sure we'll dive into. So very excited to, to talk about it today and kind of go through uh, whatever we want to. Bro, you were telling me like, look, I'm intense. We're we're gonna get this done. We're gonna we're we're gonna make sure that we get the word out about it, and that's just what we're gonna do. But let's talk about really quick. How did Shape actually start? Right now, at this moment in time, we have about twenty one thousand subscribers, uh, which I think is an epic number. But it didn't start there. It started with one, and that takes quite a lot for any type of firm to invest money into creating the system from from the get go. How did that start and what were the, I guess, why would somebody be interested in starting in a space that is super competitive? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with Shape. We didn't have to start from scratch. The first iteration of Shape, if you want to call it that, was a, a company called Onsite CRM. And the team that built Onsite CRM was primarily focused on enterprise level clients. And so Onsite CRM, which was primarily focused on these kind of larger more intricate enterprise level builds, we got introduced to them. And actually two of our businesses were, were clients of Onsite. And this was at this point, probably a decade ago. One was a hundred something user system and another was a similar size company. I think the quotes that we had were in the five to $600,000 range just to build out what we wanted to. And when we found the team at Onsite, they were able to basically exceed our expectation. I think the timeline was three to four months when we were originally quoted and they were able to get it done in less than 30 days, less than a month. And so just seeing what the development and, and what the team was able to do, let alone the people, the culture that the executive team had built, it was it was a no brainer. I mean, SaaS as a whole and, and specifically CRMs uh, in the SaaS world, which is, is changing, is probably the most competitive sector of SaaS to be in. And when you're able to, from a development standpoint, replicate something that a, a company with a hundred billion dollar plus market cap was was doing, it, it it becomes a no-brainer. The technology that they've built has gone through many iterations since. I think at this point we've been able to aggregate 
all the different parts and pieces from the various industries uh, and enterprise level systems, figure out where the overlaps are and, and basically integrate it to the base system, which at this point you can get access to for 99 bucks a month, right? You get a, you get a system that, you know, would take you tens of thousands of dollars to customize, but you know, you can sign up right online and get access to it immediately. Don't, I feel like the price point is too low. I feel like it should be at least double the price shape, shape because truly every other competitor, if you want to call it a competitor is double the price and you need a freaking PhD to program it or pay somebody tens of right. thousands of dollars and over, over months. Right. I totally agree. And I mean, to take it a step further, shape really is built obviously for specific industries. And when you want to be a market leader in those industries, you really have to have the nuances of those industries built in. And that's not just on the lead management side, but the actual integration. So on the mortgage side, making sure that whether it's lending pad or encompass or calyx your integration with your los provider is is solid and then on top of that i think at this point shape is integrated with somewhere in the 5000 plus application range so the ability to to configure and basically build out the system that you want is is awesome i think it's even more awesome to have your specific industry built out you know with the benefit of the mistakes that the dead bodies of businesses before you weren't weren't able to to do, you basically are the beneficiary of that. You know, a thousand a thousand businesses over. I mean, a hundred percent, and it's just like the template piece to it. I, I was talking to uh, Scott Payne about this. That uh, we I spent nearly I, I spent about seventy thousand dollars with him to program uh, a, a, com a competitor of shape, the, the CRM lead management system. And I was half done. I probably needed another 70 grand yeah. just to build out what's already pre-templated in shape, which is yeah. based on all the dead bodies. I'm one of the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I completely agree. You, you talked a lot about, okay, templated and based on, a specific industry. So we're, I want to go with mortgage because in a coaching program, they tell you what to do on certain days. One of the biggest things is called theme days. And I would say the leader in coaching on theme days is mortgage marketing animals or MMA. And they do basically they do four days and then they take Fridays off. They call that the freedom day, freedom Friday. But I want to, I want to go here with you on the shape solution to it. So I'm going to start with Mondays, for instance, in mortgage marketing animals, there is what's called Thor's hammer. And it's where you call 40 realtors on a Monday and you go through the list and your goal is to try to get leads and set up appointments to be belly to belly with, with a realtor. How does shape make that easy for a loan officer? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's very similar to every other business, but specific, I mean, first of all, mortgage marketing animals, they have it dialed in. They, they really know how to take the processes and, you know, obviously optimize completely. So the, the natural bolt onto that is to use software to implement a lot of those processes and, and kind of successful protocols. So, I mean, take Monday, for example, you know, with, with shape, you're able to basically the immediately when you log in, you've got your 40 realtors automatically populated. Ideally, you want lead scoring on, which basically allows you to figure out which ones you have a higher percentage chance of actually getting. And there's, I think there's something like 700 data points at this point that you can integrate. But 
uh, based on loan size, uh, the, the types of clients that they have. So, you know, obviously the prioritization is huge. The other component is, is, the, is the natural tie-in with all the rest of the automation. So you call somebody on the list, they don't answer, you hang up the phone, you push a button, you status them as, uh, call them left voicemail. Immediately they get a text, uh, hey, just tried calling you, wanted to touch base. And, you know, the second you hang up the phone call that you're on, they've already called you back from that text. So, you know, integrating, not just, you know, okay, dial down this list, but sending out the text automation, sending out the email automation, you know, having the the cadence set up for you, you know, to basically optimize what you're doing. Brother, I used to do it off of a spreadsheet. I mean, like legit, yeah. I would, I would, I would have the spreadsheet and I would take my phone and I would, you know, dial the number. And then yeah. I would type a note on a spreadsheet and then I would physically do the text and send a templated email. It was like a signature yeah. type of an email. I mean, my God, why would I do that when you could just yeah. do it, do it with the click of a button? A lot of CRMs can do that general type of thing. Um, yep. Send a text, send an automated email, all with a couple little actions. But I don't think every CRM can do everything like Shape does. And this is, I think, something that's unique because... The next week, I would argue, when you call a, a list of real estate agents, you're not going to have success in week one. Like you might have success a little bit, you might get lucky, but really yeah. the success comes over a 12-week process. And a lot of times you really only get the real results in weeks like eight, nine, 10. How does the priority view of shape help with someone going through that list as they progress through a 12-week process yeah so you can also i mean there's a ton of interesting things you can do but you can prioritize based off of status or type so let's say you know you've been dialing them or you've been sending texts or, or emails and then they go to your website they fill out a new form well you can first of all there's all sorts of problems that occur right so deduplicate management is one which sounds very menial but a lot of systems don't do it properly We're, so when that lead called back was it from the original status was it from the new status so being able to pen the records and you know doing a lot of things like that's obviously huge but the prioritized list view actually moves records up and basically through the pipeline as you're calling them and as they're changing a status so you can actually tie for example, if you're sending somebody through a, a digital 1003 app, your, your POS, let's say they've got uh, Shape Portal, which is another you know product which is has been very successful and has applications in other industries. But let's say you're feeding them as a mortgage broker through your borrower portal. They fill out a form. They get to step five instead of step three as they were before. Well, prioritize list view will actually pull it into uh, you know the proper status or the proper you know component of the pipeline. So, I mean, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot you can do. It sounds super complex, but truly uh, lead scoring is really, it's just a way of saying like, for instance, if you're going to call up a list of real estate agents and a certain amount of them maybe went to your happy hour or a certain amount of them maybe have sent you a lead before, or have you've worked with in the past, those would rank differently as yeah. opposed to somebody that maybe hasn't. And totally. then okay, well, someone sent you a lead. Well, that's like five extra points. Someone went to your happy hour. That's another five points. Right. Or someone wrote you a bad review, negative 10 points, something like right. that. Because then you're actually, then when you're, your list shows the people that you should call first. Okay, so Mortgage Marketing Animals talks about, you have your tilapias, you have your tunas, and then you have your whales. 
and a whale is eight or more buy sides and uh, per year for a real estate agent. And then there's tunas and there's tilapias. I think tilapias are like one or two and then tuna somewhere in between. When you prioritize your calls, how would it be best to call through it? I guess it, it, if outside looking in, do we have, does Shape have data to show which one you should call first? Or is it more of just like a user preference of, of what shows up first? It's both. So for example, so Shape IQ, which is Shape's take on lead scoring, allows you to obviously automatically prioritize loan value. For So we're talking specifically for mortgage, there's applications with other industries, but with mortgage specifically, it prioritized the loan size, the expected value of the loan. There's kind of housekeeping things that it automatically does for you. So leads that are in states that you're not licensed in, it obviously moves moves those down those down the bucket. So you're not having to call and talk to people that you're at, you're not licensed in their specific state. But so that's basically all the the algorithm that's pre built into Shape IQ or our lead scoring. The automatic feedback that you were talking about is also built in. So if you have, let's say 30 or 40 employees and you've got a variety of different lead sources, you've got Facebook leads, you've got Google leads, you've got LinkedIn leads, and you've got 50 people on the phone, you you actually have the opportunity to upvote or downvote a, a very similar kind of model that people are used to. So you get that feedback of, okay, well, if you know 90% of the Facebook leads are great leads and 20% of the Google ones are really bad, then you know, okay, immediately when it comes in, Facebook leads and Google leads are scored appropriately, right? There's there's an impact to the average lead score or value. Yeah, I mean, I think for humans in general, we all wake up in the morning and we have stuff to do, right? So basically you wake up and then you just have stuff to do. Very rarely do you prioritize what is the stuff that I need to do that's most important, right? Because you just start your day, you start doing stuff. If you're a user, you know, on, on the CRM, you log in, you just, you push buttons, you you just get to whatever's in front of you, re you react to an email, you pick up a phone call, you send a text, but you rarely take the time to prioritize, okay, before I start doing all this stuff, what is the stuff that's going to bring me the most revenue? What is the stuff that's going to help me in the long term or whatever your goals are? So that's what Shape IQ is able to do. And it's constantly learning as well. So when there's new data points introduced, right? So somebody that pulls credit, for example, now, okay, so we can actually run the analytics to say, okay, the percentage of people that pull credit over people that haven't, right? There's obviously a, a little bit more of a demand driver there. So yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome that it does the work for you and basically prioritize for you using data, not guessing, which is beautiful. How many decisions do you have to make before you're actually making the call? where you're actually right. selling, where you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is exactly. calling people and, 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 and doing your work. You were mentioning, okay, we're calling up a real estate agent that is on our list. They get interested in us somehow and they start to fill out a form. Hey, I want to work with you. Hey, I want to sign up for your class. Hey, I want to whatever. Most systems would create a next new lead. And then what happens is, is like, okay, so you have two sets of data. Which one's the right one and which one is, is, is not. And I've never seen a system where it can merge them and then also prioritize it. Like, for instance, if you call a lead, but they don't connect with you while on the phone, and then they'd fill out a separate form where it is newly input. 
I would argue that the old lead record should be higher on your prioritized view because they filled out that form. They showed interest. They raised their hand. You should call them. And if there's a list of 40 people, they should probably be number one if all 39 other people hasn't raised their hand. How does that work? And I guess I'm talking more about mortgage, but I guess is that is that a good example? This is No, this is just one of those age old chicken and the egg questions. If you ask any marketer, or any business owner, what should it be? You're going to get different answers every time, right? Is it off the original source? Is it off remarketing? You know, your remarketing dollars, you're always going to have an infinitely better ROI on your remarketing dollars just because A, it's cheaper, B, you're remarketing them for the second time by definition. But, you know, you don't have the second bite of the apple unless you have the first bite, right? You didn't have the, the ability to remarket them if you didn't bring them in initially. So, I wish I knew the answer to that question. Uh, I, I talk to marketers every day that, that are running business, you know, different businesses. I, and if I asked, you know, all of them, I'd probably get a, a different answer from all of them. But yes, you're right. Shape does allow you to do that. And it gives you the ability to pick, right? So that you can actually track it. So it, it is something that's that's very important to have control over, which Shape allows you to. But your guess is as good as mine, which is better. All right. Well, sounds good. So I guess that's it's out for the jury. So, all right. Thor's hammer, Monday calls. Great. Awesome. Like that's a huge thing. And I would argue worth the price of admission. But now let's go down the theme days. The next is just ask Tuesdays. So Tuesday updates, you call every single client that you have currently in process that is in underwriting, in escrow, on their way to closing. You call up borrow one and borrower two, you give them an update. You call up real estate agent, buyer's agent, listing agent, title company, and insurance company. Give them an update. That's difficult to do. You're, so you're giving them an update on the borrower? Walk me through the update. So here's the update. Hey, Mr. Cu- Mr. Mrs. Customer, your your loan is currently in process. Uh, we okay. ordered the appraisal on this date. We expect it back on this date. Your title has been ordered. We're expecting it back on this date. And okay. uh, all of your contingencies, it looks like we're in line. Okay. The optimal way to do that, I would say, is well, why are you calling in the first place? Is there a way to automate that to where when there's a trigger or when, you know, and this goes back, this ties all the way to the LOS, obviously. So your LOS would need to feedback some of that information, but there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to base, you know, trigger within the CRM and then send out an update, right? So Is, okay. are, are, are most are most manually dialing? So as far as just ask Tuesday is really all about you give an update, but it's partially and asking for the referral. You're asking. Yes, you're asking right. for, hey, are we doing good for you? Great. Can I count yeah. on you to introduce me to somebody? Hey, a real estate agent, like for instance, the listing agent, they're not working with you. They don't care about yeah. you. They're just representing their seller. Hey, uh, we're going to close this on time. And hey, assuming that everything goes well, would you meet meet with me for coffee? You're yeah. just okay. asking. Yeah. So obviously you've got a call script built in to the dialer, which would just guide you down that. There's actually a really cool feature. You, you can have a checklist uh, pulled up with every record that you're talking to and, and basically go on the checklist. But I'm curious what you think, if you could basically automate that, what would be the best way to automate that using a system? So if you've got this list of people, so you're, I mean, it would just be a status, right? So the status says in process, and then the system produces everybody that's in that status. And then you could, you could dial down. Is there anything that you, you think would 
optimize that? I'm curious your thoughts. I love it. I love it. So, okay. Yes. Here's how I would do it. Whether, whatever the LOS is, Calyx Point, Encompass, Lending Pad, all of the information for everybody I just said is in there. It like, it has to be like, there's license right. numbers for real estate agents. There's all that, including their phone number. Yeah. In the lead record, there would be an extra, let's just say tab where it has, or not a tab, it's just all on the same screen, whatever it is, where there's buyer's agent, listing agent, their phone number and click to dial on next to both of them. Same right. with insurance agent and title company. I personally never called the title company because I'm more so using them as a service, not as a lead provider. And maybe that's yeah. bad. And I never really called the insurance agent either. There's a lot of people that do and have great success with it. So I'm not knocking it, but I never personally did. But you could have a, 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 a location for that. You click and call each one of them and you're just saying hello. Every hello is an opportunity to make a sale. And if yeah. nothing else, you're top of mind with somebody. Hey, I just had mm -hmm. a positive high five experience with loan officer Jimmy. Right. When I have all these other loan officers that are calling me, asking me for coffee and I don't want to or whatever, or it's a negative experience or they're calling me, telling me that it isn't going to close on time. Right. I would go through the list and it would it would sync with the LOS so that every single time you call the last update in the LOS is there. Hey, it looks like the appraisal came in. Hey, it looks like all this came in. And sure, there'll be auto updates as well that come through that go out maybe by preference, or maybe you don't, or maybe you turn those off. Yeah. I personally never liked the auto updates on certain things because like if an appraisal yeah. comes in, for instance, here's the next question. Did it come at value? Well, yeah, the appraisal came in, but it's currently in compliance and then it's got to go through underwriting and then all of that's got to happen. And there might be a yeah. different value by the time it comes out to you. So yeah, we got yeah. it, but is it got it, got it? Is the box checked? So like, I'd want to be in control of that because I don't want to look like an idiot if it, Hey, yeah, it came in. Looks like it's yeah. a value, but then it goes to underwriting. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, there was a problem. Yeah. And I think the bi the bi-directional integration with something with a, a, an LOS, like a lending pad, allows you to do that, right? So as it feeds the information back to shape, then shape based on the new status is able to send a you know quick text. I think what you miss with the text is that personal touch is that, hey, can I count on you to uh, send me a referral? But as far as optimizing it, yeah, certainly. Yeah, so very similarly to uh, Realtor Mondays, you're able to prioritize which of the referrals and you know partners and also borrowers that you want to update. The nifty part about Shape is you can actually have a checklist right on your system. So as you're asking them the questions, you can check off the list. And then at the end, make sure you you ask them for, the, you know, the that uh, you can count on them for a referral. And obviously referrals, I think even even better than remarketing is is a way better source of uh, lead volume and you know kind of generating business. 100%. And look, I, I know a lot of loan officers that get new loans from their current in-process loans. Totally. And it happens every single day, every single month, the top producers do this. Why? Yeah. Because they just ask. And will they 100%. get a lot of no's? Hundred percent. But one yeah. yes to that. Ugh. I mean, it yeah. Makes I mean, all right, when you're first when you're first working with a loan officer, you know, there's a little bit of a trust factor, even if you've worked with them before. So if you were to ask them at the beginning of the process, hey, can you send me a referral? It's ah, I don't know if I want to give you to my friend or my buddy, even though you know your friend or buddy is uh, 
you know, about to get along. But if they've done right by you and you're now at the at the finish line and it was a great outcome and, you know, you have a bunch of people, you're, you're much more likely. So it's staying top of mind and, and getting in front of them at the right time. And, you know, you, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So by reaching out, you, you more often than not will get that referral. I want to move on to Wednesdays. So Wednesday is your past client database. And Carl White in MMA, Mortgage Marketing Animals, says that out of every 100 past clients, you should be able to close three per month if you simply just follow up with your past client database two to three times per year. And he actually goes deeper with this. He tested this. He, he tested one time a year, follow up. And then he tried, okay, what if I call him twice a year? What happens? He got a little bit more business. What if I call him three times a year? He got a little bit more business. What if I call him four times a year? No difference. Five times a year, no difference. So three is the most. But generally speaking, if you call all of your past clients that on week one, their last name begins with A, that's what you do on week one. Then on week two, it's B's, three is C's, and then go all the way through the year, you'll have yeah. two 26-week periods where you go through the whole F of it. So you're calling your past clients twice per year. Yeah. How does shape make it easy for a loan officer to follow up yeah. with their past clients? I'm pretty sure there's a three-year and a five-year uh, drip campaign, post-closing drip campaign. So the system, there there is pre-built automation and templates for that. You, and you can customize it and take it as as you know far or pare it down uh, as much as you want. So, for example, there's holidays. So, you know, Memorial Day, uh, Independence Day. Hey, you know, Happy Independence Day, Happy July Fourth. By the way, if you have anybody you want to refer, and you know, you'll get referrals like that. Some people don't like to send th that many touches, but to your point of number of touches per year, I think on average, and this is across most industries, you want to have anywhere from ten to 20 contact attempts per record per person on a post-closing, you know, having that three-year, five-year drip uh, is is just found money, right? These are these are leads you've already paid for, you've already marketed, you've already spoken to, you've already closed. Now you've, you, you don't need to build a trust factor. You don't need to prove out your reputation. They're not gonna look at your reviews. You've performed for them. You've performed the, the product or the service. So now asking for a referral is that much easier remarketing to them for more business or, you know, whatever the service is, if you're a mortgage broker for their loan, is that much easier? So setting that up and having, you know, utilizing that, you know, with, with the text automation, the email automation with mortgage brokers for sure. But in any industry, you definitely want to make sure you have your remarketing on the back end. I mean, hundred percent. I, I would say you're you're leaving money on the table if, if you don't. And the thing yeah. is too, is that here, I just got a call another the other day. I think yesterday actually, where person just randomly called me and said, Hey, you did right by me. And my fiance is looking for her first house and, and she wants to do it. And then I referred that to a, a loan officer that, that I trust that, that, that I work with. My point in saying that is it's actually a bad thing. If your client calls you, if your past yeah, client, you didn't reach out to them, you should have exactly been... how many are there that I never followed up yeah. with because I'm not yeah. orig originating anymore. But if I was, Why would they take time out of their day to call you. Yeah. You know, and, they, and, they may think about you and then not call you. And guess how he found my information. He opened up his closing paperwork and found my phone number, my old, my wow. work phone number that I still have on yeah. the closing paperwork and called me. It, I mean, yeah. 
Isn't that something? He didn't Google me. Yeah. He didn't remember my name. There's not a yeah. chance. It's from me two yeah, years it ago. It would have been nice if you had something in his inbox saying, hey, feel free to forward this email to any referrals. You could have just pushed forward, right? And and you didn't even write that email. The system's sending out for you, you know, a few weeks before. 100%, 100%. You got to be doing them if you're not. And I would argue too, is that here, why don't people do them? Well, it's awkward, kind of, especially if yeah. you haven't done them in a while. And a lot of times people let this stack up and then all of a sudden it's five years later, you're calling them. This is the thing. If you got a call from someone, let's just say a car salesman that you bought a car from them five years ago, and they call you up after five years and say, hey man, how's your new Jeep Wrangler doing? You know, you'd be like, hey man, it's doing great, man. Long time, no talk. Yeah, things are this, that, whatever. Okay, hey man, I just got a call from, you know, the salesman at the car dealership. It was kind of cool. He just touched base with me. The, yeah. Nobody cares. They 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 think, oh, it's five years. Yeah, yeah. that's about the time that they follow up. You know, that's yeah. it seems exactly. about the right time. Totally. Well, the beauty of sending the te the automated text to the automated email is you don't have to make that decision. You don't have to have this the stress. You don't have to even think about it. It was sent out for you, right? It's like, go talk to that girl. Well, you're not going to have the chutzpah to do that. Well, if it's just done for you, you know, and you get, you're getting the referrals from it, uh, that's a lot better of a situation. So I, I completely agree with you. I mean, take the think out of it. So, okay, I want to go to another another thing with Mortgage Marketing Animals is the last theme day. It's called Your Pals, the P-A-A-L-S, Pre-Approved and Lookings. And I would argue, especially right now in the mortgage industry, there's a lot of pre-approvals out there. And, well, why? Why is there more pre-approvals than, than ever? Well, it's because inventory is super low competition is super high. And a lot of times people stay in the pre-approved status for months and months longer. Sometimes it's over a year right. that they just, they maybe found the right house, but they negotiated. They offered 20 K over the asking price. Well, someone knows 25 K over, over asking price right. or in, in even worse. So pre-approvals and leads and getting into contact and doing that, that's a big part of it. Yeah, but then people really lose by not following up with their current pre-approved and lookings. Totally. How does shape help a loan officer prioritize people to call on their Thursday yeah, so pre-approved and looking the, calls? The beauty of it is the system will will obviously automatically lump that in, and you can actually change the priority views so that the 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 first, the second or third priority becomes the first priority. Pre-approvals are awesome. I've also seen companies take it a step further and actually feed in credit data to where when let's say somebody had, had applied for a loan with you and their credit wasn't good at the time that they fixed their credit. And then a couple months later, they, they are, you know, buying a, a Peloton and they ran their credit so that they could get, so they could finance their Peloton. That credit data is actually automatically fed back into the system. And just like with pals, it tells you, okay, now this, per this person, their credit has improved and they may be a great opportunity to reach out to. So being able to status, not only your pre-approvals, but any status that, you know, client is, is in or, or a potential borrower is in, and then having the specific personalized messaging based on those statuses, right? So you want a different email sent to somebody in pre-approval than somebody that you've had two or three phone conversations with you can refine what that is and you can make sure that it ties specifically to that status. So that that personalized messaging, not only for pre-approvals, but really any any phase of the pipeline is pretty awesome. You know, and you you really obviously want to split test and play around with what converts best, 
But the number one thing that for sure works best is personalizing. You don't want it to just be a generic message for different statuses. You want a specific message that converts for that specific status. And speaking of that, so there's two integrations that I want to talk about is one is BombBomb and another one is Mortgage Coach. So like, for instance, somebody views their total cost analysis that they created. It Mortgage Coach knows that. That can feed into shape and in turn, lead scoring, hey, they just viewed their total cost analysis. People aren't going to view it just all the time. Like they might look at it a couple of times when you first present it. But then after that, let's just say a month goes by and they haven't looked at it. Well, now they're looking at it right now. Generally, that means they're going to be out looking again. What a wonderful 100%. time to follow up. Yeah, 100%. I think, uh, I mean, the, the, the things, the data points that you feed it when you say, oh, there's 600, 700 data points with Shape IQ with lead scoring, that's really one of them, right? So you look at down to the detail of like, if somebody has a Gmail address and they're reaching out to you versus somebody that has a professional address, if somebody came in off of uh, Google or Facebook, if somebody has a certain, you know, and the other interesting thing about uh, Shape IQ is some, some things that you maybe thought, it, it can be counterintuitive. So for example, years of employment has, has actually been shown I think after the age of 65 or 75, they actually there's actually less likely to get approved and actually move forward with a loan because they they're on the you know they're whatever the reason is for the data that's obviously fed in. So wow. there's a lot of interesting things that that Shape IQ is able to do. Talk about bomb bomb integration. Yeah, I mean video is the way of the future, right? I mean with with AI and everything that's happening there that's obviously you know allows you to personalize messages but video right having that human element which ai can never replace although they are trying to come up with avatars and things like that that are that are ai generated but having that one-on-one -on -one connection with sarah the salesperson you just spoke with or having bob follow up with you with, on a video it really humanizes the sales process and pulling people through the through a pipeline I know that the click-through rate is better that with video than without. So, you know, not using video, and it's so easy to do these days, is is one of the biggest mistakes I've seen a lot of businesses do. So, how about like let's just say here, I'm going to do my Thursday pre-approved lookings. Like, look, I'm not I'm not going to make my calls today. I'm just not going to be able to get to it. But I want to do a video, and here's an update of what's going on in the market. I want to mass. I want to record this video, and I want to send it to all my pre-approved lookings. Is that a yeah. click of a button with shape? Yeah, I mean, you it's yes, it's just a, a basically a bulk, bulk SMS or a bulk email. I mean, it's astounding that a lot of systems aren't able to do that. It's, you know, just describing it to a layperson. Do you want to send an email to all the people in X, Y, or Z status? You know, is is important. And then it goes back to the per, the personalization of messaging that you're able to do. Right, if you if you create specific marketing campaigns and you want them. Uh, to only go out to specific statuses, also very powerful. I went to a, I'm very involved in the Momentum Builder uh, group and a lot of different mortgage groups. And I, I asked people, I was like, well, do you have a CRM? And they say, yes. I was like, well, you should check out Shape. And then they say, why? And I'm like, there's a massive amount. There's so many reasons. It's just like, how do you pick it? So, okay, try to compress this into one. What is the number one reason why someone should check out shape i'd say because it's not a crm we we obviously call it a crm because that's what people understand but shape is your marketing 
It's your integrations, it's your lead management, it's your phone system, it's your email automation, it's your text automation. I mean, the list goes on and on. It, it's it's basically your mainframe for your business, right? Where you want to operate out of. So, you know, even down to the to the level of of the reporting, which, you know, there are entire companies that there's the tableaus of the world that are dedicated to just good reporting. So I think the pre-built nature is really what most people like about it, that you don't have to spend $70,000 as you did building it out, that you basically have a $170,000 system, if not more, you know, by paying $0 setup fee because, you know, it's, it's, it has been built over, you know, 10 or 15 years from some of the best developers and business owners, right? Refining the system, integrating, even adding things like the marketing, which isn't even technology. It's just, okay, what email campaigns work best? If I'm a, if I'm a mortgage broker and I need to send these, we, we talked about three-year and five-year post-closing campaigns, uh, having a newsletter pre-built. <clears throat> One thing we haven't talked a lot about is the ability to use OpenAI, which is what ChatGPT is built on with Shape. We do have an open AI integration with Shape, which is pretty awesome because it allows you uh, and all of your users to, to basically, you know, on the fly, be able to not have writer's block, write the appropriate messaging, write the appropriate text, write the appropriate email. All right. Well, you're jumping ahead, but that's okay. I, we, 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 do, we, we went over like the top 20 things, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like here, truly though, in a short, in a short compressed version, why Shape? I would say that that's excellent. And then I would add, it's $99 a month, 99. I, I just, I still, I'm floored at how little it costs, right. especially when considering it's all of these things pre-built and a phone yeah. and the email, like it's just, it's everything. Okay. Generally when someone comes to shape, they have a pain point with their current system. What are the top pain points that are, exposed and abundant in other systems that shape is a solution for it's different every time from what from what i see i think as a whole it's usually something very simple it's just that most systems can't do all of the simple things in one um and to take that a step further i think just being able to integrate appropriately is also something to be said so there's an integration and then there's an integration like you actually have a robust integration built out, a direct one, not just through a, a Zapier or some other, you know, field mapping where you're pulling over two or three field, fields, um, but that the integration gives you the bi-directional uh, updating of the systems uh, and, and, you know, all, all the kind of seamless ability, right? Because I, I can't tell you how many businesses I, I see that are integrated, quote unquote, with whatever system they have. But their their users, their employees, even themselves are, are still logging in and out of each system to to either uh, do the data manual data entry, which sucks for anyone um, or, you know, other things that are basically slowing you down as a, as a business. I mean, 100 percent. What's the biggest success story that you've heard from someone that has used shape as a solution? Ourselves, I, I would say we had a business. Uh, I think four years ago now, we saw within a three-month period, we saw over a 50% lift in closed revenue each month. And that was a product of being able to just manage the marketing and the input a lot better. So it, it was never really a problem of, you know, we didn't have the right marketing source or we weren't spending enough. It was just being able to convert what we already had 
through the remarketing, using using uh, lead scoring, using funnels, using all the the awesome stuff that you're able to do all in one, and wow. uh, be firsthand. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that as as an answer. I was expecting like some CEO did this, some CEO like me. I did it. Yeah. Like I mean, that's yeah. just like you don't get much more of a believer than actually seeing it. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that's super cool. Okay, as far as I mean, we've talked a lot about the differences, but like, I really want to pinpoint this. So the differences between shape and competitors in, I want to break this down into three different things. So functionality, performance, and user experience. I think they're three different things. So functionality is how does it function behind the scenes? Performance, does it operate well? And then user experience, is it clunky and hard, hard to use? How does shape compare to other solutions out there? Yeah, I mean, I think those are those are three things that people usually don't understand when they're selecting software, and they don't really put a lot of weight into. I, I would say functionality is as important as user inter, inter, interface and, and user adoption. And so, if it works, but your users aren't using it, or you're not using it, or or it doesn't look nice, you know, I think shapes users and the companies that have used it speak speak for itself. There, performance. I would say we know when other users, uh, sorry, not other users, other companies, other software companies are down because there's all, I always see it reflected in, in the numbers. I always see a, a large influx of users or companies wanting to sign up with Shape when other systems are down. And that, and you know, that's no knock on, on other systems, it just, you know, from an anecdotal perspective regarding, you know, the when systems are down, you know, that's, that's my take. I, I was talking to Anthony about this. I was like, yeah, we, we have our own servers. Like the whole thing's built. It's not on AWS or Google or it, like yeah. we have our own servers. I mean, yeah, we know about that because we had to pay for them, <laughs> but yes. But here that's, that's just such a big thing because Amazon's in the news for shutting people down or like, we yeah. don't agree with you. So we're, so like, I guess it's just, it's outside control. Shape eliminates yeah. that entirely by doing it themselves and then all the technology is proprietary this has all been yeah. created by shape and yeah well, it's funny when i mentioned systems going down i didn't want to say it but amazon i think a few months did actually go down as well we were not on aws servers so we didn't have that problem the other benefit that you get for larger clients is your your own secure servers or your own secure server cluster database security and certifications i mean we have fdic banks on our system so having that lockdown is you know something that we've had 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 done for a while but it's obviously extremely important bro i i love the nerd level that we're at right now it's just it's just <laughs> ab absolutely fantastic so okay the last thing is user experience yeah user experience obviously like user adoption goes hand in hand i think that's the advantage that new technology like shape or actually at least new ui like shape on existing enterprise technology the advantage and then you know it, it not only looks good but as a business owner user adoption can be one of the most difficult things that occur in your business i mean uh, ripping and replacing you know doesn't sound as bad as it does for for no reason so getting your team to actually want to use it you're not going to see the the impact on your numbers the positive impact on your numbers that we talked about you know unless you and your team are using it so the appealing nature and the design and the ui and the ux of shape you know there was a lot of thought that went into it for a good reason couldn't agree with you more on user adoption being a 
under talked about thing. I mean, like if it's really, really hard, are people going to use it? I would yeah. say you're going to have a much more difficult time. Okay. As far as integrations, we talked about 600 to 700 different uh, companies that shape integrates with. I like, is that even, is that all of them? I mean, like, I feel like, I, like, is there anything that it doesn't integrate with? I think, you know, the, the integrations, as we talked about, I think there's, there's integrations and then there's integrations. The industry specific builds that shape has been able to accomplish, whether that's in mortgage or solar insurance or tax or legal, um, the integrations are really the driver of that, right? We're, we're not, no company can be everything to everyone. And so aligning with the companies in the industries that do help businesses in those industries is, is key. Having a solution like shape that can basically be the hub of where all of those integrations plug into and then making sure that everything runs seamlessly is, is as important. I mean, I fully agree. I mean, shape even integrates with other CRMs. I mean, it's just like, yeah. I feel like it's, it's like cheating. Okay. I'm sold on shape. I want to sign up. What does the onboarding process look like? You're able to sign up immediately on shape. Um, the support team uh, will reach out, do a hour onboarding if needed. Uh, there's webinars, there's a knowledge center. You know, the, the beauty of having the systems pre-built is most everything is self-explanatory, but, you know, ha having a, a solid team behind you to kind of hold your hand is, is as important. I mean, hundred percent. So like, okay, I signed up, I did my onboarding. What's the support look like? And is there any training that you really need? Like you, I know it is, it really is self-explanatory. You call through your list, but like, say you need help with something. What's the support process look like? Yeah, I mean, there's there's humans behind every support uh, phone call and email, so um, that's obviously good. It's, as far as the specifics of support, that would be something I need to figure out myself, but uh, it's good. It's really good, Jimmy. <laughs> I take your word for it, brother. Okay, <laughs> if you were to just point out one thing, one thing that Shape does, what's the coolest feature that you think and that other people think like you hear this is the coolest thing but you think this is the coolest thing so two, two uh, questions. well i think i'm going to cheat and say i think they're one and the same we just rolled out a product called lead engine and i think there's a there's a pretty good consensus that it it probably is one of the, the cooler things that has been rolled out so uh lead engine is basic so you know your crm obviously is what you log into and use but your clients, your borrowers, your customers, and how they come into the system is is what the focus of of, uh, of Lead Engine is. And so we've been able to take all the cool learnings, you know, from a conversion rate optimization standpoint. And I'm talking from the button color, right? It does a blue button convert better, or does a red button convert better? It should the form be on the left side versus the right side, right? So you've got as a business owner, you've got your website, you've got your landing pages. So what converts the best? And then from there, how do you pull it through is really what Lead Engine addresses. So, you know, the the fully optimized, conversion rate optimized landing pages is really just the face and the front. But the pull through is actually really cool. So not only are you able to upload documents, so let's say you need a W-2 or tax returns or driver's license, all the automation that we talked about with the CRM is also tied to lead engine. So let's say somebody falls out in step two or step three or step four, the system automatically knows where they dropped out in the process you, and you can send out a text or an email 
completely personalized to where they right. So, hey, you forgot to upload your driver's license. And that's a specific message that's sent in, basically pulling people through all the way to your Calendly so that you can actually speak to them. So I think that is probably one of the cooler things that have been developed as of late. So that again, you as a business owner don't need to sit there and figure out what color should I put on my website? What, what fields should I ask for? Right. We've all, all the testing has been done. So everything down to the number of fields that you put on a form uh, has been split tested. And so, you know, having that as a plug and play, you, you feed the beast, you feed the engine, right. You feed your system and the system takes care of it from there. Bro, I love it. I have uh, two final questions. We've been talking a lot about mortgage and that's not the only industry that shape serves. There's insurance, financial planners, recruiting, even medical. I, I, what's, I guess, what industries does shape serve? I think we have about 25 purpose-built industries, but there's a shape professional template, which actually a majority, not a majority, but a lot of clients that sign up use. 70 to 80% of most businesses, if you think about it, are very similar, right? You've got your lead management, your lead distribution, your phone system, your text, your emails, your integrations. So with the, the professional template, you are able to use it with any industry. I actually know some mortgage brokers that instead of using the mortgage template, they use the shape professional template and then they customize it. But, you know, part of the beauty of shape on the, on the pre-built side, there's obviously templates built, but there are some clients that want to take it a step further and do want to actually customize. And that's something that's unique about shape as well. If you, if you want to basically rebuild a Salesforce or a HubSpot system within your shape system, you're able to do that. It takes, it obviously takes time. It takes configuration. You know, there, there's higher level teams that need to get involved, but for the larger enterprise clients that do want, you know, to, to fully customize something out differently than a template system, they, there also is that ability. I mean, bro, there's so much innovation. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm learning a lot of stuff as as I'm talking to you about this. There's just like, like, for instance, with Lead Engine, that's super cool. That's epic. What's next? Like, what's the next big thing that Shape's working on right now that's coming out in the future? The interesting part about Shape is we really, you know, they they say the customer's always right, right? That that's an old adage. And that's, it's no different with shape, right? A, a lot of the development and the technology that's been built is, was client driven, was need based, was pain point based. And that's really, you know, when one person says that it, it's one thing, when a hundred people say it, then, you know, there's, there's a problem that hasn't been solved yet. So I do think that, you know, we, we, we touched on a little bit about the AI component and there's so many different parts where AI, I know it's a buzzword, but on the content side, it does plan, but also on the on the automation side, right? So eventually being able to have it make decisions uh, for you, but then more importantly, creating actions or, or performing actions using the, the AI module. Give me an example of one. Call, call Jimmy, write Jimmy a birthday note. That's funny, and right? So you can, you can talk to it like a human and say, write follow-up email to all everybody in, right? So we talked about pals. Uh, write an email to everybody uh, that's in a pre-approval and give them an update on XYZ. And then it can wow. pull, all that, pull all the information from the system and then send it to everybody, you know, based on that status. So I think the sky's the limit, obviously, with, with technology. It's the modern day version of magic. 
So with, you know, resources and, and imagination, you know, anything can really be built. A lot of times people will think, well, then what the heck is a loan officer going to do? What the heck is a business professional going to do? I would argue that there's always going to be a need for a person, but the person that leverages technology to their benefit is going to run circles around the person that doesn't. It's just period, end of story. And the people that don't embrace technology, they're being left behind. And there's a lot of people, sadly, that are like that. Yeah. It's just how it is. But imagine if your day of a thousand tasks ends up being only you need to do 10. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about the spreadsheets, right. That used to use. Uh, And I think a big problem is people just don't like a lot of the solutions out there. They don't want to use Salesforce. They don't want to log into something that they get right. A lot of, a lot of systems don't even have a mobile app, right. Shape has a mobile app that you can use on the fly. Like you don't, you don't want to have to be tied to your computer in order to, you know, operate your business. And if you do, then you're just not going to use it. You're, you're, uh, you know, you'll do it if you're told to, you'll do it if you have to, but you won't want to do it. You, and, and you, you know, you won't see the benefits of it. hundred percent brother. All right. I, I think this has been absolutely fantastic. I want to thank our audience, uh, for joining us today. And, uh, if you wanted to reach out to Elliot, I would uh, reach out to him via email. We'll have his, uh, contact information in the show notes. And if you have any feedback from us, you maybe learned something today or have a question, you know, write us a review, give us an honest, some honest feedback and and type your, uh, type your review and question in there. And we'd be happy to hear from you. And uh, once again, this is Shapeshift. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Jimmy.